Hey, this is Dave Chris. I'm the pastor of We're One based out of Gateway Assembly, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that this equips you and encourages you in your faith to see Jesus more clearly in your life. Let's hit it. Happy birthday. Um, that's the first time I saw that video. So like uh, I'm full of a lot of emotion right now. I'm trying to process it all. It's the honor of my life to be a part of something so incredible. And I, I, you try to find words for what this all is. You try to find words for how do you explain to somebody that's never been here. It's like we before asked somebody like in one word try to explain it. Everybody kind of has a different word. We'll say family. We'll say all these different things. But it is very difficult to explain when you go on such a big journey called Christianity is what it's called with people where the Bible even says that people will hate you. They'll turn on you because of following Jesus. And we've found that as we've endured, <laughs> we've endured beating from people, like people turning against us, all of these things. We have found that it far outweighs living for Jesus than living for ourselves. It far outweighs what we could gain on our own versus what we can gain together. And I was reminded uh, this, I have not been here for like a month straight, like really been here. I've been all over the place. I've been in Florida. I've been in Tennessee. We had a revival night. Um, our team is about to leave on Monday for Puerto Rico for two weeks on a missions trip. And uh, I was reminded this last week I was, as I was in Tennessee, reflecting, knowing that on this last Sunday, it was to date 11 years that we're celebrating that God has had just so much grace and blessing on our lives. And the word at this camp that was kind of like the theme of their camp was favor. And I was thinking about this word a lot since then. Favor is the only word I can think of to try to explain what God's done in our lives over the last 11 years. People could get really confused at what favor means. Favor is not success. It does not mean that you become rich or you're famous or successful or popular or you have status because all of that becomes very hard to calculate and measure because what is it? Is it a million dollars? Is it a billion dollars? Is it a hundred billion dollars? Is it X amount of followers or X amount of friends? What is success? It's hard. It's really hard to calculate, but you will find favor. You don't actually have words. It is not actually something you can calculate. It will just be very simple to know whether you have it or you don't have it. And I'm going to tell you, the only reason that we're still standing, the only reason that any of this exists is that God has had favor on our lives. See, favor is when he puts his hand on you and he walks with you, journeys through you, with you, whatever you go through in life, you will be able to know that God is with you. Because the thing about success is you can have success in your life, but that doesn't mean that you have favor on your life. You can, uh, you can become very successful, and that doesn't mean that God is with you. But the thing that you'll find about favor is he only places favor on those that he is with. You know, if you can live your life for yourself, yes, you could become very successful, but to finish it all, take your last breath on planet earth and your first breath, let's say, at the judgment of God, where he at that moment, he will judge based upon the life that you live, whether it is heaven or hell, that you will spend the rest of eternity, the Bible says. 
It will be very evident in that moment whether you lived for success or lived for favor. You're being taught already at a young age to live your life to be successful. Get a high paying job. Social media teaches you. You got to have a lot of followers. You got to be able to show off everything that you're doing every day of your life. Like the thing I've been obsessed with lately on social media when I hit a reel is watching people like when I get super hungry, I just sit and watch people make food. <laughs> and I'll be honest, it makes it worse. I DM them to my wife, continuing to hope that she'll make some of it. She hasn't. I don't even think she will, but favor. Like, I'm hopeful. I can't explain favor. I really can't. I, I don't understand why I have the family that I have. I'm blessed. I can't explain this ministry. I can't explain why I even get to be a part of this. Like, I'm a nobody. I mean, I'm just a kid. I remember, I remember just a kid 16 years of age sitting in the seat like this. Why would God pick me out of an entire room full of people to do this? It doesn't make any sense. And so while people are striving to achieve, to become something in their own strength, those that have favor, it will come actually naturally and easy to you. It's not that you won't have to work hard, but God will set you up to be the mother he's created you to be. He will set you up to be the father he's created you to be. He will set you up to be the, the business person or the, the teacher, or some of you might become missionaries or pastors or evangelists, people that scripture talks about a calling on your life, a musician or a singer. He'll set you up to be the athlete. You will find that where others, they make their whole career in high school about striving to become some athlete that can be some D1 player and then go professional and then they never make it. Or finally, they become the number one pick. They get hurt and they can't even play after that. How many times have we seen that? Where they're striving for success, you will find that when you lean into the favor of God, it is simply only because his hand is upon you that everything in your life happens. It's not something you can earn. It's not something you can manufacture. On your own, it cannot exist. But with God, all things are possible, the Bible says. And there's so many people that they're striving and trying to become something that God never asked them to become. So here's what happens. Not if, but when it happens. When life hits you in the face. Some of you, it's already happened. You've had to experience death and loss You've had to experience uh, divorce in your life. You've already, you already have. But for some of you, you've had an easier life. You haven't had to experience a whole lot of hardship. But can I tell you, it's not that you're lucky. It's that your time has not yet come. You will experience three things at some point, probably even multiple, multiple times over the course of your life. You will experience testing in your life. You will experience tempting in your life. And you will experience a threatening upon your life. In some capacity, it might not be your very life where somebody holds a gun up to you and threatens you, maybe. But you will experience a measure of testing, tempting, and threatening upon your life. When that happens, can I inform you, can I help you tonight? If you don't have favor on your life, it will be very clearly evident when you face any three of those things. Because you will not get through it the same way you could if you had favor. I know this firsthand. Not only as I read the scriptures, but maybe my personal life. As I read the scriptures, you can see so many different accounts of people in the Bible that they experience these three things. A testing on their life, a tempting to their life, or a threatening upon their life, where whether or not they had favor would decide the outcome of how they got out of that. I mean, case in point, somebody, somebody who, who gave up 
they, their life of favor and they lived for a life of success, Samson. You ever heard of Samson before? If you haven't, he had long, luscious locks, strong dude. God placed so much favor on him to have strength. He didn't earn it. He did nothing to receive it. He was born with strength. And God was very clear, don't cut your hair. I mean, the dude was, the dude was pitiful. He could not control his lust. He would go from place to place, sleeping around with prostitutes, sleeping around with all these other women, marrying other women that God told him not to marry. It's not much different than today. How many of you do you, do you, do you step into relationships that God never told you to go into? Well, he, he didn't tell me not to. If you were to follow the standards of his word, he's very clear already what you should be looking for. So he does tell you where to go and what to do in order to live a life full of favor. Samson returned, I mean, chick after chick, he just could not. So finally, he's in the enemy's playground, the Philistines. And he finds this woman by the name of Delilah. Just her name alone makes goosebumps on my arms stand up. You can like, Delilah. I'm sorry if somebody in the room has a name Delilah. It's just got a ring to it. I'm just saying. So he's there and clearly she's tricking him time and time. What's the secret to your strength? What's the secret to your strength? Finally, he gives it away. If you cut my hair, I lose it all. This is a, a, a man where you can see that he gave up the favor of God on his life. He did not steward the favor of God on his life because he lived a life for his own successes. And for him, it was to conquer women sexually. So finally, his hair is cut off. He finds himself, eyes gut out. He's gouged out. He's not strong anymore. And he's at a grinding mill and he's just pushing it around. And I know this sounds a little dramatic, but many of us, you will find that God has a hand on your life, but it's so simple. The warning signs are so clear. You give up what God wants to cover with you, what God wants to protect for you for your own successes. What does it look like when you have favor on your life? When the testing, the tempting, or the threatening come to your life, what does it look like? It looked like a man named Daniel. Daniel was somebody that was mightily used of God to a point that he was rising in the ranks because of favor. That then the, the, the testing, the tempting, and the threatening came to his life. They said, you got to stop praying. We don't pray the way you're doing right now. We don't do that. So he, he not only prayed, he went up. The Bible says he went in plain sight so everybody could see him up in a window and he prayed to the Lord, the Bible says, three times a day. So what happened? He was thrown into the lion's den. Can I help you here tonight? It might not seem like it's that far from you, but there is a pivotal point in your life where if you choose to stop doing what God's asked you to do, there will be a consequence called the lion's den. You will have to experience a th certain threatening to your life if you're going to live to follow Jesus. But what is the outcome? What is the payoff for people that choose to follow Jesus? He's thrown into the lion's den, but the Bible says as he was there all night with hungry lions, the next morning the king goes, Daniel, like what was I thinking? Why did I even do that? That was a stupid decision. This guy clearly has been good to me. We got a good relationship. He has favor on us. Like, Daniel, did your God save you? He's down there just like patting the lions. So king, yeah, favor. Think about like Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Can God work with a prostitute? Oh, yeah. I think we get confused that God only works with holy people. See, he can place favor on the life of anybody he wants. So Rahab was a prostitute behind the walls of Jericho. Jericho is the story where the people of Israel marched around that blew a trumpet. The walls fell down. They didn't have to fight. They literally just yelled, and the walls fell. 
But there was these spies that snuck into Jericho and, and Rahab helped him and, and then like sneak away and all this stuff. The king of Jericho comes, threatens her life and goes, listen, 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 where are those men? You better give them up right now. Not only did God deliver her from the hand of the king of Jericho, God delivered her that when the children of Israel marched around, they said, hey, honey, thanks for helping us because we're about to march around these walls and we're, we're going to make sure that you're protected. That when they marched around and they gave a battle cry and the walls fell down, the Bible says that her and her whole family were saved. Favor. Think about like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a writer of most of the New Testament. The Bible's broken down to the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's two ways we set it up. There's 66 books in it. In the New Testament, there's 27 of the 66. The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of them. So in the course of his life, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. He was brutalized on too many accounts to even have uh, with bandits and all types of different things. The Bible says, yet God used him tremendously with favor on his life, not only to get out of prison, not only to escape beatings and things, but he was used to start churches. Can you imagine this? What we're existing in right now is the favor of God on other people in the Bible. Because they were faithful to favor. We get to stand here in the midst of this and not just throw a party outside, but here in this moment, God is speaking to hearts. The Holy Spirit, three parts, right? Trifecta of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit right now is beginning to come and move in your heart. As I say things, it's like, hmm, I never thought about that. Hmm, why am I feeling? And the Holy Spirit's beginning to speak to you right now. The same favor that was on the Apostle Paul as he started churches, as he, he raised up leaders like we do from this church, he stood before rulers, governors, people, and he declared, he declared the message of Jesus Christ. He got out of the beatings and the imprisonment and all these things. These things. Why? Because he had favor on his life. Guys, I look over my life and I look at the testing, the tempting, the threatening that has been on my life, the devil has tried to knock me out and knock me down. Time and time again, four years old, I gave my life to Jesus. I've been living for Jesus for 30 years of my life. Listen, I never had sex before I was married. I never did a drug. I never smoked a cigarette. I never drank any alcohol. And I have no regrets. I have not a single regret when it comes to those things. I can come up with some other regrets I have on other things because I'm human. My point is from the age of four, I gave my life to Jesus. The devil tried from that point till I was 12 to get in some things in my life. When I was 12 years old, I was at a summer camp actually, like we're about to have that collision and God called me to the ministry. I remember I went home to my parents, I said, listen, I'm gonna go into full-time ministry. That's what I'm doing right now. At the age of 16, God got very specific and he said, you're gonna be a youth pastor. What I'm doing right now. I could add up time and time and time again to the age of 32. God began to work in my life in a way that I didn't even realize he was working. So now I'm standing here at 34, two years later, and I can see the favor of God in my life because I've been tested, tempted, and I have been threatened by the enemy. Hell has tried to knock me down. I was in a car accident going 75 miles an hour where another car came off of, I'm in the right lane, came off, hit my car, threw me and my wife across the, 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 the lanes there into the median. We're going 75 miles an hour across the grass, across now the other lanes of oncoming traffic. And we found ourselves on the other side of the road. Miraculously, as soon as we hit the other side of the road, cars continued. Favor. I have neuropathy from here on up. I can't feel anything. If you were to take a knife and cut my feet open, and if I closed my eyes, I couldn't even tell you it happened. I've hurt myself so many different times because of it. The enemy's tried to use that. I've been discouraged. 
The devil's tried to come against me with anxieties or depression or things that literally I've been able to withstand only because of God's hand on my life. Because let me help you very simply. Favor equals God's hand on your life. Success equals your hand on your life. What you build by your own hands, you have to withstand. You have to keep up with. You have to make sure it continue by your own hands. But what is God's favor on your life and is built by his hands, he will be the one to keep up with it. You just have to steward it. You know, when I was 32, I found out that I have cancer. And so the last two years of my life has been doctors continually telling me that I have cancer, continually telling me that I need to get surgery right now or I need to start chemo or all these things. So for the last two years where the doctors said one thing, I listen to the heart of God for another thing. Why? Because when you are walking in favor, you can be in tune with God's voice. Because he's not far from you, he's very close. You know, what I would tell you tonight, young person, is that if you don't have the favor of God on your life, the hand of God close to you, that means you are not covered, you are not guarded, you are not protected. You need a shield. You need a source of protection for your life. If you don't have protection on your life, that means you are an easy target for the enemy to discourage you, and to destroy your life. So many of you, you've fallen into so many different temptations, relationships, substances, and all sorts of different things simply because you are not protected. You do not have a shield. Somebody say, I need a shield. No, come on, say it with some conviction. Somebody say, I need a shield. See, whether you realize it or not, you need a shield. You need a covering. You need a protection for your life. This is the hardest thing for people to realize when they live them, their life for themselves. And selfish success is what it is. When you live your life for yourself, you do it by yourself, which means you're your only protection. But see, as the body of Christ here, we call it, the church of Jesus Christ, we call it. We don't live our life for ourselves or on our own, that where I am weak, somebody else might be strong. That where I can't see this side or that side, I have what we call brothers and sisters in Christ, the fam here, we protect one another. Even greater, can I tell you in scripture, the Bible refers to only three things as a shield in the Bible. Only three things it mentions. And I want to tell you what they are. Number one, I'm going to read you the scripture. God is a shield. David, he was a king. He was a shepherd. He was a warrior. He was an amazing man. He said in Psalm 28, verse seven, he said that the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. He identifies here that it's not his own strength that gets him by, but it's the Lord's strength because the Lord is his protection. The Lord is his shield. Now, can you guess maybe what the second thing the Bible says that is a shield? What have we been talking about the whole time? Favor. You realize that the Bible mentions that God is a shield? Number two, that favor is a shield. I, I never knew this. I had read the Bible for a long time, and I never knew that the Bible mentioned that favor is a shield for your life, that when God's hand simply is upon you, his favor is upon you, that it's a shield for your life. David said again, let me read you Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. It's in the Old Testament of the Bible. He said, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your, say the word with me, favor. Come on, say it with me. Favor as with a shield. This is what I've come to find out. 
I've come to find that when God is my shield and favor is my shield, hell can try all it wants, and it has. It's tried to take me out with affliction. It's tried to take me out with, with collisions, with car accidents. It's tried to take me out when I was 16 with, with a girl, and after that with another girl. And I was like Samson. I had problems with girls, and so I had to keep coming back to Jesus. God, give me help. Give me strength. Help me to resist Delilah right now in the name of Jesus. See, what I've found, though, is as hard as hell has tried, hell can't stop me. You hear me tonight? When you have the favor of God, hell can't stop you. Hell tried to stop Jesus. They thought they had one. They put him in the tomb for three days, and he was just like, and then he bust out of that tomb like crazy, where the devil was sitting there like, we had one. It's been three days. He's dead for sure. Jesus busts out of the tomb. I know that, that hell can't stop me because hell couldn't stop Jesus. If graves can't hold Jesus, graves can't hold me. If nothing can stop Jesus, then nothing can stop me because the same favor that the Bible says that when Jesus was only 12 years old in the book of Luke chapter two, it said that he had favor with God and man. The same favor that's on Jesus is on me. So when the Bible says that by Jesus stripes, we are healed, that means if he has favor and I have favor and he can heal, that means that I don't even have to fear cancer. It means I'm already ahead of time. I declare that I am healed because Jesus already paid the highest price. He already did the work for me on the cross. And if he could defeat hell and death itself, then why should I fear cancer? See, hell can keep trying, but when I realize that God is my shield, and favor is my shield, then I'm protected. There's a third one though. It's not that just God is your shield and favor is a shield for you, but the third one is, is that faith is a shield for your life. The Bible is very clear that without faith, you cannot serve God, you cannot please God. It's not by going to church, it's not by doing good things, it's not by making yourself look like you're a Christian. It is you are only a believer in Jesus at the point that you put your faith and your trust in who Jesus is. Now the Apostle Paul, I mentioned him earlier, how he had favor on his life. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote a verse in the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, he said this, in addition to all this, he's speaking about all this armor of God that you put on. He says, take up the shield of faith, which will, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. What is he saying? That as God is your strength and your shield, in him you put your trust, and as favor surrounds you as a shield, God also wants to make it tangible that you can pick up a shield that is faith that you can war with that as the enemy throws crap at you, you ever, ever felt this before? That you just, all that you can think about is how much of a piece of crap you are all day. All that you are is such a screw up. You can never do anything right. Like my parents don't love me, some of you have thought. Nobody wants me, some of you have thought. I don't even know if I have a future. I don't even know if there's a plan for my life. Maybe some of you have endured actual physical attacks, such as what I've talked about with cancer and some of these things. You've endured things like this. See, this is where the Bible says that we have to have faith in Jesus Christ. Not in ourselves, not in our own strength, but a faith in Jesus. That we pick up a shield that is faith and we extinguish these attacks on our mind, on our heart, on our physical body. And we hold up a shield to believe that that in itself is strong enough to hold, against, uh, hold up against the attacks of the enemy. Let me explain it this way. I say God is 
a shield. God, come out here. This is like my, uh, this is like my summer version. Show it off. My summer version of God. Okay. This is like summer God right here. When I think of God, this is what he looks like when I pray, by the way. A beard this nice, a nice shaven head. I like it. So let me, let me put it together this way when, when we talk about faith. See, faith is understanding that even when we can't see, God, make sure I'm not lying. Can I see? Am I good? Okay. See, faith is understanding that even when we can't see, we trust that God is there. Favor is understanding that even when we can't see, God is so close to us, he won't let us fall. No matter where you go, because your trust is in Jesus, you can feel him close to you. You follow me? I'm going to keep preaching. I'll make sure you're with me so far. Am I good? That when you're in your lowest moments in your valley, when you can't see, and you might even go off the edge, God is close. You don't have to fear because God is close. You don't have to wonder if you're going to make it because God is close. You don't have to question because God is close. You don't have to wonder if your life's going to mount up to anything. See, because see right here, where am I? God, help me, God. See, follow me here. I can't see anything. I can't sense anything. I don't always walk every day of my life sensing that God is with me. That's where faith comes in. I trust, I believe, I know that even when I can't sense him with me. We even practiced this. This is our first time, by the way. He's with me. I can't feel him right now. And then there's moments, see, that's the favor of God when you step out and you walk. See, with confidence, not in yourself, but in God. When you walk, I have no idea where I am. I've spun so many times, I, I have no idea. God even gives you a little direction right there. Okay, so I can hear that laugh. So that means I'm on this side. Okay, so. I'm like getting, my, I'm not going to lie. My legs are tired and weak right now because I feel unsure of my steps. I'm thinking harder than I typically would about where I'm going and what I'm doing. But faith is knowing that even when I can't see God, He's there. Favor is knowing that God is so close to me. 
he will not let me fall. Some of you some of you are struggling because you want to see God clearly before you follow him, but God's asking you to step out and trust him before he's going to make himself present and evident in your life. See, favor is my understanding. My legs are literally tired right now. Life is exhausting. Life is very tiring at times. Some of the things that you have to deal with in your home life, it's tiring. Some of the things you have, you've had to deal with at school or at work, it's tiring. It's not that it won't be tiring. Life is tiring. This is life. But it's this confidence. See, right now I clearly know, stop. But that's not faith. If you want a shield, then you're going to have to, in faith, step out and trust that God is there. I don't know about you, but I want favor on my life. I want my kids to have favor on their life. I have two boys. I want their kids, 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 kids to have favor. I want it to be a legacy that it's not been by our might or our power, but it's the spirit of God. It's the hand of God that has got us this far. If you want success, you might just get it. But what you get on your own, you will have to sustain on your own. What you gain by your own way, you have to keep through your own ways. And at some point, life is going to get really hard. And it will be a question of whether or not you can continue it in your own strength. I don't know about you, but my legs get tired. My heart gets tired. My mind gets tired. And that's where I have to have some confidence that even when I can't feel him, even when I can't see him, God is close and he's for me and he loves me and he's forgiven me and he won't let me fail. See, the only reason you can have favor is because it is the very thing that Jesus had upon his life. The Bible is very clear that he died on a cross for our sins, yours and mine. And with each drop of blood that he shed, it's covered your sin, if you will receive it. It's covered your pain. It's covered your insecurities. It's covered your past and your grief. It can cover anything that you will let it cover. But you've got to let Jesus be a covering. You have to let Jesus be a protection. You have to let Jesus be a shield. Listen, I could have a shield right here and I could have, have, have the fiery arrows flying at me on, let's say it's medieval times. But until I pick it up, it's of no use to me. You need a shield. Faith is what activates favor. Favor is what helps you continue to walk with God's hand on you and not your own. So why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me in this moment just to kind of lean into what God's speaking to people across this room. There are people here that you do not know Jesus. 
You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. This is not religion. And listen, I am not a priest. I, you don't have to come to me with your sins. You don't have to go through me to know Jesus. You can have your own personal relationship with Jesus because he personally died for you. He didn't do it for just random masses of people. He did it individually and personally for every person on planet earth that would breathe breath. You have the ability, you have the opportunity to receive Jesus. But here's what it takes. It's very simple. We bow our heads and close our eyes to kind of just focus for a second to really weigh out the cost. Live for yourself, and the Bible is very clear that at the point of death, there will be a wane on your life. You will be weighed and measured. And it's not by how many good works you did. It's not by what you accomplished on planet Earth. It's not if you gave to every nonprofit possible or charity or served at a soup kitchen. That's not the measure. That's an overflow of people that will know Jesus. But there are many people that never knew Jesus, that in the outskirts of their life, it looked right, it looked good. But the Bible is very clear that Jesus will say, listen, I don't even know who you are. Why? Because it's only by faith in Jesus that you can be forgiven of your sins. And it's only through forgiveness of sins that you can enter heaven. So at the point, that moment, when you stand before judgment, the Bible is very clear that you'll be weighed, measured. And the penalty of sin is death and hell, the Bible says. And the gift of God in following Jesus, faith and trust in him, is eternal life in heaven. See, favor, walking with the hand of God on you is what helps you get to that point. But it starts with faith that activates that favor. You need, a, you need a shield, young person. You need a shield. You're getting pelted and bombarded at every turn, everywhere you look, everywhere you go. You need a shield. Jesus wants to be your shield. So if you're here tonight and you want to put your trust, your faith, your hope and all of your life, if you want to give that to Jesus tonight, I want to give you an opportunity. But I really just believe that you're going to be tested, tempted, threatened, and tried when you leave here. And so Jesus is clear. He said, that if you deny me before the people on earth, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. But if you acknowledge me before the people on earth, I will acknowledge you. So I want to ask you tonight to make a bold step of faith. If you want to put your trust in Jesus, and I know heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but there's people in the room. It's a, it's a step of faith. It's going to take boldness. But I believe if you will make a bold, life-changing step, Jesus will do such a work in your life through your faith. He will put such favor on you. He will put such blessing on you. He will reroute every single issue you've struggled with all of your days. And like you even heard in the video we played earlier, I say that you will be healed in the name of Jesus. But I'm going to challenge you to make a step tonight. Because if you can't make this step here in a moment, I'm going to call you forward to what we call an altar. 
An altar in the Bible is a place where we offer ourselves to God. If you can't make a step here, then when you are tested and tempted and threatened later, why do you think you will stand for Jesus then? If you can't do it here in this room where everybody's going to celebrate you and they love you and they believe in you, why would you do it when other people don't want to see you make it to heaven? Hell itself will try to keep you down right now. I speak against strongholds in the name of Jesus and I say, get your hands off these people, devil. I speak courage in the heart of people tonight that as you make a bold, life-changing, radical step for Jesus, you will not even look back anymore because you do, you do not even care to look on the person you used to be. You are so excited with who you now get to be in Jesus. You are so excited about the plan and purpose that God has for your life. He'll change you, young person, and you will not even care for a split second to be who you used to be because following Jesus is all that life is worth living for. I promise you that been there, done that. I know it. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to test the boundaries of not having Jesus on my life. So if that's you, if you want to make a bold step, maybe for the first time here in this room, or maybe some of you, you know, you've gone way off track and you want to make a bold step to commit your life to Jesus tonight so that you will follow him all the days of your life. Then here on the count of three, I want you to just get out of your seat. I want you to come forward to this altar I want you to stand here and make a declaration tonight that you acknowledge Jesus, that you are forgiven of your sins, and that your life is going to be forever changed. So one, if that's you, I want you to get ready. I speak courage into your soul. Two, if you're ready for life change and you're sick of being who you've been and you'd like to be who Jesus has called you to be. Three, then I want you to get off your feet right now. I want you to come to this altar. And we are ready to celebrate you here in this room because there's life change happening in the lives of people here tonight. Come on, celebrate these people tonight. Celebrate what God's doing. Amen. Amen, amen. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Jesus loves you guys. I'm going to speak to just you for a second because you're the ones that made the call. So you're the one that has God's attention. Stop letting the devil tell you that you have to go back or live contrary to Jesus. Stop letting him tell you that you're going to screw up again. The apostle Peter, he wrote very clearly, he says that you have everything that you need in Jesus. And I just want you to hear this tonight. That God is right now, we're going to believe as we pray for you, that he's giving you everything you need to live a life that honors God. So don't listen to anything contrary than what I'm saying right now. You're going to be from this day forward in whatever way, for whatever reason you've responded, you're going to be forever changed. I'm going to believe and pray tonight that God's going to mark your life in a special way. I speak mental health in the name of Jesus right now. I speak strongholds of sex and lust and pride got to go in the name of Jesus. I speak generational curses. They got to leave in the name of Jesus. I speak calling to the ministry right now in the name of Jesus that God's going to raise up for himself people that even 20 years from now, they're going to remember this night. I've, I believe there's other people in the room 
I just want to give you a, a second chance. You missed your moment. Don't miss it. One, two, three. Get off, get off your, out of your seat right now and respond to this call because there's people in this room that God is stirring still. And he's saying, he's saying, come on, don't miss your opportunity. Give your life to Jesus. Turn your life over to Jesus tonight. He's placing a, a favor and a hand on your life tonight. That when you get to where he's taking you, you will be able to say, the only reason I'm here is the favor of God. I could have never gotten here if it wasn't for the favor of God. Thank you, young man. It was you. I want to tell you that there's a hand of God on your life. I could feel it the whole time that I was preaching. And every time I try to look somewhere else, it was like a gravitational pull. The Lord brought me back to you. And I just want to speak a confidence into you tonight that where you lack, it's okay because Jesus doesn't. That where you question, it's okay because Jesus has all the answers. That where you feel pain, it's okay. He's felt pain. He took the cross and he did it for you so that when you feel pain, you would know victory from the tomb of that pain. And there's a hand of God on you. Give me your hand. I just say right now in the name of Jesus that there is a hand of God being poured out on this young man. I'm just going to take the moment because it's here and God told me to. I speak such blessing and power and encouragement upon this young man right now in the name of Jesus that he will leave this night and he will know that it's only the favor of God on his life that's going to take him from here on out. And as he puts his 100% full faith and trust in Jesus, he'd remember that when we were going to finish the call and the response to come to the altar, that the Holy Spirit stopped things so he could have another shot to come forward. And God did it specifically for him. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to pray together here up front because God has something special for you tonight. And you're going to walk out of here with your head so high in victory. Don't be the same. Go and sin no more. You do not have to be the same. God's placing something fresh on you tonight. And I'm taking a second. I'm going way over my clock time and all that. I'm taking a second. Because see, I'm saying right now tonight in the name of Jesus, he's placing something fresh on you. So all that you have to do is receive it. You didn't earn it. You can't purchase it. You can't do anything to make it happen. When he touches you, he just decided to place his hand on you and touch you. That's all it is. So across this place, we're going to pray together. It's going to be a prayer of faith and believing that Jesus is coming and investing his 100% self into our heart and soul and forgiving us. But I also believe there's going to be a special favor that touches these people tonight. So across this place, say, Jesus, forgive me. I acknowledge tonight that I have sinned and I've fallen short of your glory and who you are. So I ask you tonight, Jesus, as I pray in faith, would you place favor on my life? Give me courage to step into bold places, unknown places that are simply and only reserved for those that have favor because anybody that steps into these places without favor, they will be devoured by lions. They will be a 
and shackled in prisons. They would be beaten up and they would be left for dead if they didn't have favor on their life. So I speak with confidence. Come on, somebody say, I speak with confidence in who Jesus is. He is my strength and he is my shield and he is the God that 